All right, the Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. If you believe it, give me an amen. amen. All right, what we are going to do as we go into the teach- this teaching on prayer this evening, we have been praying since. What we do is we pray a bit, then we teach on prayer, and then we will um, pray afterwards. So what we are going to do, first of all, as you know, is to take our declaration. What is it? Declaration. What is it not? That means we don't whisper it. No matter what you say. <laughs> Some people are hard. <laughs> stubborn people. Today we break that stubbornness. Amen. You will declare from the bottom of your heart in Jesus' name. Alright, one, two, let's go. Now I declare. The Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding, as a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 I said amen. Amen. And that is your portion in the name of Jesus Christ. Today, that word will enter your heart. It will change you in a drastic measure. You will not recognize yourself after a while. It will heal you in every area. Spirit, soul, and body. In the name of Jesus Christ. That word will meet all your needs. It will cause all grace to flow towards you. You will have all sufficiency in all things. And you will abound to every good work. Grace is released to you today. In the name of Jesus Christ. Alright, the Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. Alright, can we take our seats? Let's get into the teaching. Alright, I was saying something at the beginning before we get into the teaching for today. Uh, It's our school of prayer again. We are teaching on prayer. You know, I I didn't plan this from the beginning. That is when we began school of prayer. I didn't know we would teach so frequently about prayer. But I think what happened is that um, the Lord is just where he impresses upon us because prayer is very important. Even though we didn't plan it, we had to do it. So you find out that more than one-third, maybe close to something between one-third and half of what we preach in a year is purely on prayer. Even if we may not be doing all the praying and shouting and talking, but we keep on teaching on how people should pray. Because it is not every time you open your mouth to pray that you are saying the right thing. Do you understand? So that's why you need to learn the right things to say. You, are, you, not, you, need to, you, know, you don't just go to God's presence and say anything you like. You take what the Bible calls acceptable words to him. And you should learn those acceptable words. I hope you're getting my point. You have to know how to approach. Solomon said it like this. Watch your steps when you come into the presence of God. Draw near to listen. If you don't do that, you'll be offering the sacrifices of fools. So, you know, many times people are praying. They are doing nothing more than offering the sacrifice of a fool. So the only way you can avoid offering that kind of sacrifice is to first draw near to what? To listen. To draw near to listen. I was telling my wife this morning, we were just talking about some things. As if I lead prayer, just like you find here, like other pastor Kemute or Tor Reverend, Yinka is the one leading prayer, or even our brother John. You see, they do a lot of talking. They do a lot of talking. As they keep on guiding people, pray like this, say this, pray like this, say this. Because it's important we say what is right. Okay? 
Now, I was going to say something. That you say God actually answers prayers. I will get back to that in a moment, okay? But let me quickly say this one, and I will get back to that. Now, when we start like this, we declare these words. Declaration is important. It's one of the ways you pray as a Christian, okay? Learn to chant the word of God. Learn to, you know, there are times I want to pray, either alone in the house or with the whole family. Like about two days ago, about two or three days ago, I was going to pray with the kids. I just, I just told them this morning, all we are going to do is what we call meditation. All right? That is, we just take scriptures and we start essentially chanting the scriptures. So I'll say, okay, we're starting from verse Psalm 23. Everybody, you already know that one by heart. All right? Everybody will start reading it out loud. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. It makes me like, I will talk about that. You know, do that, do that, do that. Then we'll have done it together as everybody, meditation time. What, what that means is that <laughs> we have a simple rule about it in the house. Your mouth must be moving and your body must be moving. <laughs> so, one of my sons really does it like a Buddhist. <laughs> you see him nodding like this. <laughs> That's that is home motion, you understand? So I'm, I, I like to pace up and down sometimes. Okay, I say, but don't sit down in one place still. You must move. Either you are shaking your head left to right, or you are moving your hand up and down, and your mouth must move. You keep on uttering the word of God. So we'll start maybe from Psalm 23. When we're done with that, okay, everybody go to Psalm 91. They don't Psalm 91. Okay, let's go to Psalm 121. Now we're doing verses 1 to this or Psalm 34. We just do it like that, and that's all the prayer for that morning. When we finish, I say, okay, now that remember Thanksgiving, let's give thanks. Sometimes I break the kids up, say, okay, you give thanks for at least three things. You count, all right? So the, the person last on the line is, don't finish all the things to thank God for because, uh, <laughs> of course, there's always enough. There's always enough. If you just bother to think, all right, there's always enough. So the kids will give thanks one by one. And that's it. Morning prayer is done. Morning prayer is done. Other times, of course, a lot of most times we do all this pray for this, pray for that. But there are times we just say the prayer this morning is just meditating, is chanting the word of God. We go from one portion to the other, go from one portion to the other. I told you the other day, my children came and said they wanted to buy a game. When I heard the cost of the game, I was like, "What?" But their mother looked at me. All the children looked at me and said, "Don't be wicked." I said, "All right, everybody." I told them, "No problem. You get your game." But actually, what moved me was that they came and said they have gathered money, but the money is short. So I should give them the balance. I said, this is serious. So I said, okay, no worry, I'll, I'll pay for everything. But everybody give me payment. Say, what do you want? Go and memorize 1 Corinthians chapter 13 from beginning to the end. You have to, I think they had a deal or two. So when you come, you'll get money for the game. Of course, children, oh my God. They train themselves. And anybody that's not getting the right idea, other ones say, no, 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 that's not the right thing to say. <laughs> and of course, the day came, I said, yeah, everybody, one by one, they all recited it. Accuracy that is for getting every word right, I think they did an average of like 98 or 99 percent. They got most of the words right. That is, I'm not talking about getting it right. Basically, they got it right. But to put the right, you know, to put them um, shall for will, you know, just kind of small everything, 98 percent. They got it right. So if I tell them we are meditating on First Corinthians chapter 13, they don't need the Bible. All right, they will just open their mouth and start declaring it. It's a habit we must have as Christians. In Kingdom World Ministries, when we want to start to study, that's why we declare that. Because we, we have prayed that God will give us understanding. We have prayed that God will give us insight. So we start by saying, now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Now because of that, I am being filled with the knowledge of his will. We'll take it like that. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding, as a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. 
Then I declare, this evening again, I incline my ears to his word. That word is entering my heart. It will give me light, it will give me direction, it will heal me in every area. And most importantly, it will make me more and more than ever before like the Lord Jesus. We declare that all the time. Sometimes that's how we close prayer in my house. We don't put that now again because you are closing prayer. We just say, I declare, the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom. Because you just finished studying the scriptures. Chants are important. Declarations are important. I was listening to Derek Prince the other day. He said a witch came to him, a practicing witch, and came to confess that he has been trying to cast a spell upon the family for some time. Now, that didn't bother the man. I didn't even bother me when I heard. Some people say, you see, that's why you should pray. That's why you should ignore everybody. Ignore everybody. Israel did not know Balaam was doing anything. They were just camped there. Everybody was just eating his sacrifice, you know, eating Passover. Nobody cared about Balaam. They were just resting on Sabbath. Nobody cared about Balaam. They were, going, they were just eating manna. Nobody cared about Balaam. Right? Just because I said that some people, one witch said I wanted to cast a spell. Some would say, that's why we are going to pray. Every witch casting a spell against us in the name of Jesus. Nonsense prayer. I, you know, there are prayers I don't pray. In fact, you know, I was thinking about it, that if I was the one that the, the witch told that, or maybe a witch came and threatened, then what will I do? You know what I, I just told myself? If I pray about it, God will punish me. So if you are a witch, come and threaten. We will cast a spell upon your family. That's what I will do you and go on. I won't tell my wife. Let's just start thinking about it. The only people I will tell is my children because they, they, cannot, they, don't, they have not been trained to be afraid of you. I don't know what I get my point. Unbelief is a training. We are, we, we are trained in unbelief as we grow up. I don't know what I get what I'm saying. Yes. My children have not been trained to be afraid of witchcraft spells. They don't have that training. So I can, I can tell somebody like Victory. <laughs> do you know I saw a witch yesterday? She said, wow, daddy, where? <laughs> in front of our gate. He said, it's going to cast a spell all of us. I imagine my victory. He just like this, oh, I'm under a spell. He'll just laugh <laughs> and fall. And they, you know the truth? They will find it funny. Do you know why? They've not been trained in unbelief in that area. They will not lose a wink of sleep. They won't think about it. I, you know, I'm just thinking of my victory because he's the clown in the house. He can just pass next and say, Daddy, how's your witch? <laughs> you know? And then, <laughs> and he will walk past and laugh. You know, but you know, adults <clears throat> were trained since we were children. I was, when you were small, didn't they tell you which they chopped person? They tell you, say, your cousin will die and I wish kill him. That's what I call training in unbelief. By the time you become a believer, we'll talk about it again. Okay, I'll write a little book on it. Go, taught a series on it before, the war against unbelief. Sometimes you have to consciously overcome those things. That's the fight against unbelief. I said, I'll write it in a small pamphlet. You know? So I was just thinking about that. If somebody told me that, I said, my training would be, if you pray about this bank, you'll be in trouble. I will refuse to think about you. I will refuse to pray about you. It's a discipline of faith. If I stay up at night because you threaten me, God will punish me. If I fast because a witch threatened me, I will have an ulcer. The only thing I'm allowed to do is laugh. If I say this, it will make you laugh. I'm not even allowed to read scripture over your matter. God doesn't want me to think about it. If I pray about you specifically, I've given you too much respect. I have to ignore you and go to sleep. Yes. Anyway, back to my matter. So the Prince said that that we said to him, has been trying. Of course, 
The man didn't even comment on whether it was working or not working. He said, okay, that's why I've been having a headache for two days. Only your sin can make you have a headache for two days. In that area, I'm trying to say, it's not the witch. Hey, that's why we have been quarreled in this family. You were quarreled some before. Do you follow my point? Don't even blame the witch. Don't ascribe greatness to the power of Satan. Don't. 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 Don't at all. So the reference passed no comment on the matter. In fact, let me put another story I heard him tell long ago. He was casting out the demon from a young woman who had a familiar spirit. And that familiar spirit, that's what all these false false prophets use. You understand? Okay? Um, 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 some of these juju men use it. A lot of false prophets, that's what they use. Start telling you how much you have in your pocket, how much you don't have in your pocket. They start seeing visions. Don't be impressed. The man is seeing visions does not mean anything. Anybody can see anything. Depends on the direction you are looking. Do you get my point? If you look up, you will see stars. If you look down, you will see sand. I hope you are getting what I'm trying to say. It's important you get these things. So don't let anybody come and harass your soul. One day somebody told my wife, I see death around your husband. I tell my wife, my wife, who knows that? Did I pray? Me? Pray about what? That what happened? All I would just check is that the, that last woman I carried, I hope it was my wife. Yes. <laughs> we thank God. <laughs> Where's the apostle's money? Is it in my pocket? No. <laughs> Paul said, I have coveted nobody's goods. <laughs> you leave those things. I beg. The death you see around me are the ones angry with the work of God. And what can they do? Not. That was many years ago now. Oh, tell you I'm telling you, it's not less than five years ago. You are not afraid of, of what? You know, there are times, I tell myself, I'm more afraid, you know, you know what the apostle uh, said? He said, the cure for fear is a bigger fear. I'm more afraid of God. I don't know whether you're getting my point. I said, I'm afraid of you. What, God, what if God injures me? So even if I wanted to be afraid, I would refuse. There are times we do things just because we don't want to offend God. That's why you have to learn the fear of God. A friend of mine came from the U.S. once, and his wife came, kind of got into a kind of panic attack about his visit and all of that. So he called me and said, Banky, please. That his wife has said that he shouldn't come back to, he shouldn't come to Enugu. She just wants to finish what he's doing from Potakot and just take off and come back to the U.S. So he called me and said, see, advise me. I gave him only one word I was convinced. I said, we can't live by fear. I said, we can't control our lives by fear. I said, your wife does not have a revelation. She's afraid. He said, it is true. He entered the bus, JJ from Potakot and came to Enugu. <laughs> you know what happened to him? Nothing. You have to be careful in life. You don't let some of this, you know, let me tell you, you know what false prophets do? They try to instill fear. They don't instill faith. They instill fear. I see death around you. You have to fast. It's fear. And then, if you fast, you have agreed they saw something that, is, that is, can affect you. If you tell me that, I will not answer you. Say, so, Pastor Bakke, what if you die? Will you prophesy and won't you die? Let's not say, look. Anyway, so the man, you know, I've been trying to tell you a story. <laughs> it was casting out a familiar spirit, which is why a lot of these people used to instill fear in people from the young lady. And the young lady, that spirit now manifested, gave the girl a vision. And what's the vision she saw? She saw him in a car wreck. I see you in a car, crashed against a tree. A tree. And the reference told the girl, said, that's the plan of the devil. I don't walk in the plan of the devil. That was the beginning of the prayer and the end of the prayer. I don't know what I get my point. He informed the young woman, that is what the devil has planned for me. But I'm working the plan of God, not in Satan's plan. That's the man who said, I heard him say it. Lester Sumra also said it. I felt those men were bold to make such statements. He said, I've not been out of the plan of God for the last 50 years. 
Let me give you his words. He said, in the last 50 years, I have not been out of the plan of God once. I think let's start summarizing. In the last 60 years, I have not been out of the plan of God once. Oh, boy. Somebody said respect. Yes. When I heard that, I said, my father, these men are bold. And let me tell you something. Men, when they were, by the time somebody said the last 50 years, you know the man cannot be 50 years old. By the time he was making that statement, was at least 80 years old. So when an old man makes such a statement, believe him, because he's not joking, not looking for anything from your hands. So he said to that young lady, he said, listen, I don't walk in the plan of the devil. What vision you saw is the devil's vision for my life. Let me tell you something about visions. That's not my message. Just really drop this one for you. There are all kinds of visions in the realm of the spirit. A lot of them lying visions, but people see them. Listen, Lying prophets are inspired. I don't know what I heard I said. The fact that the prophet felt inspiration does not mean he's not lying. When those prophets gathered in front of Jehoshaphat and Ahab, they were all, listen, let's talk on a natural plane. They were all telling the truth according to what they understood. They were all under inspiration. They were not just there saying, oh what does he want to hear? Go to battle. Ah, let's tell him now. Hey, go to battle. Oh, go to... No. They went into the gyration. Oh, oh, oh. They saw him winning. They saw victory. But Micaiah said, how did they see that? He said, I saw the Lord. And he said, who will entice Ahab to go to Ramos Gilead? I want him to perish there. And the one spirit said this, and another spirit said, and one said, there will be a lying spirit in the mouth of his prophets. What does that tell you? They were inspired. The spirit came to them, and they had inspiration. They were speaking fluently. They were prophesying by a lying spirit. So prophets came to see vision. That nine problem. If your vision does not call me to righteousness, talking about personal visions now, and does not glorify Jesus Christ, you are OYO. You're on your own. Not listening, I'm not listening to you. Not listening to you. And now I know where I went to all of that. Okay, we keep on saying this to help people. So that man said, that was, so that one, remember that first witch? I told you about two witches, right? <laughs> the same man. <laughs> the first one came to him and said that um, um, he was, he's been trying to cast a spell upon the household. The man didn't even say anything. So the man came to repent, to apologize. I don't know whether he gave his life to Christ or anything, but he now told him something, which was that why that man too was quoting it. The man said in spiritual things that the most potent weapon they have is chance. Now, the reference said he was only referring to it because it lied with the word of God. Because these are just spiritual things. Say that's the only reason why he's referring to it, not because the man impressed him, the man didn't teach him anything. He was just trying to say that, listen, learn to open your mouth to declare things repeatedly. And he said, where a false religion declares the lordship of their God several times a day is the hardest place to penetrate with the gospel. Even though I believe on the Jesus, everybody will shut up. And Jesus will ride into those places. I said to you before, I do that. Sometimes I look at my phone. If I want to pray about something, I don't just utter, like now, if a matter comes up and I want to pray about it, maybe I want to pray for kingdom word in a particular area, what I do, first of all, is to write what I want to say. <laughs> I don't just want my man to just talking. 
We're going to pray about this area. Okay, I want to talk about open doors. I write the scriptures down. I want to talk about anointing. I write the scriptures down. I want to talk about maybe we need help, financial help, you know, manpower. I write all the scriptures that have to do with that down. Meditate on that. Is it? Draw near to what? Listen. I first meditate on the word of God concerning that. I put everything down. First time I talk, come, start talking to the Lord about it, I'm almost reading. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to serve. Concerning the work you have given us, I start quoting scriptures. A great and effectual door has been opened in the name of Jesus. That is, by the time you find it, can be, <laughs> if I print some of them, two, three pages long, because it's full of scriptures. Great, the Lord gave a word. Great is the company of those who publish it. Father, therefore, we ask, send that great company to us in the name of Jesus. He said, the Lord has sent me and his spirit. We don't go anywhere with our own strength. We go by the spirit of God. These are the men that came to David. And they had one purpose in mind, to make David king. Lord, cause men to come to us in the name of Jesus. It's not common sense, though. Scripture, one after the other. Scripture. So, if you want to pray that much, in fact... There was one I did once, share with my wife. Then one they wanted to pray together. And so I said, okay, are you using your device or are you using mine? I said, okay, let's have use has I use mine. So we we'll pray, we we'll get to one point. We we'll occasionally I might break to pass a comment. Then we got to a point. I say one to share another thing. I said, ah, did you add to that one? He said, Oh, sorry, I forgot to tell you. I so I have now longer. <laughs> I said, okay, let me drop mine. Let's start using yours. It's important. We think that if we are not spontaneous, the Lord is not hearing. He's still hearing. I hope you are getting my point. Draw near to listen. First thing we do as sometimes is to first listen. I want to pray for my kids. I have scriptures that I use. Not just spontaneous prayer. Father God, bless his prayer. Ah! You gather things that he has said. Take to him words. The most powerful thing that moves God is his own word. Not your shout. Not your cry. I'm sorry, I can't help but add this one to it. Not your hunger. Some people think that if I'm not hungry, God will not hear me. I'm sorry to say it. Nonsense. God hears the man that has eaten, the woman that has eaten. He hears the hungry. He hears everybody. Let me drop two lines again. Why do Christians fast? It is to focus. I, listen, I have studied the scriptures for a while. I don't know any other reason. Why do Christians fast? No, answer me now. It's to focus. For some people, you know, hunger is a distraction. That's not a fast. Why, why, why we fast as believers is to what? To focus. And I, you know, before I try to be okay, you know, it, as it depends on you, you know, let me tell you the way it is strict. If you are listening to me to instruct in the ways of God, I, I owe you to say it openly. We'll not withhold anything from you. If you think that, you know, people, you, you want to fast, you walk, maybe as a salesman, <laughs> or you're a construction worker, you leave your house in the morning, you don't eat, you say you are fasting. I think you're a weaker soul. You don't love yourself, you don't love the Lord enough at least with understanding. And you still go to work. You get to the to construction site. You say, they say, breakfast, and you say, I'm not eating. Why? I'm fasting. Then they give you 
hammer and nail and you are nailing. If the hammer jams your hand, it's not the devil. No. It's you stop seeing properly. <laughs> Don't even think it's Satan. Listen, come on. If you are going for construction work, eat. One day I saw one, you know, <laughs> and God doesn't let me do all the plenty talking on Twitter. There's one very big Nigerian, I talks a lot on Twitter. I read his tweet. I couldn't help myself, so I replied. I have this person, you know, we have different, there's a Pastor Banky Twitter handle. That one is everybody's Twitter handle. In fact, the two Israels are the ones that post things there mostly, you know, posting to, you know, um, uh, videos and stuff, okay? So if you want to talk to me, you go there. <laughs> Israel will answer you that this is Judah, Junior Israel. <laughs> but I have a personal Twitter account, which I used to just cause trouble in cyberspace. So that's why sometimes I just go there. Like, the time my bank was annoying me, and there I go, go abuse them openly. Until they stopped the batting they were doing. <laughs> they were just popping adverts on my phone all the time. So I went there to go and shout. Then they stopped them after two days. It's good. The Lord is good. So that day I saw this man, he said, um, he doesn't eat, that doesn't eat breakfast. He took a picture of him and said that he has, and he has a very healthy body for a 50-something-year-old man, and all of that. I said, I, I couldn't help myself. I couldn't help. Now I answered, I said, bros, not everybody sits in an air-conditioned office, driven by a driver in an air-conditioned car. Your good 50-something-year-old body will thank God for your life, but please don't advise construction workers to follow you. Salesmen should not follow you. If your driver should not follow you. No, I, really, I, I had to. I said, bros, please, leave this thing. If you don't want to eat breakfast, leave it. There are people that if they don't eat it, faint is their portion. And you know, some people, you know, people like uh, Apostle Okimote here, he can eat breakfast, one slice of bread, one egg, put it inside, and chew it, and then drink half a glass of milk. Amen. There are some people that if you eat like that, eh, fainting is your portion. Your breakfast will be three wraps of opa. You eh, Yes. Because who will climb and plaster that building? I mean, you are going to climb and be plastering on seventh floor. You don't want to load up. I mean, don't give angels extra work. Angels will have to be hovering around. Say, it's about to fall. Catch him on that side. <laughs> No, it's not necessary. Don't give angels extra work. The Lord is good. Listen, the fast of a believer is for concentration. So I always tell Christians, if you are going to go to work, please eat. I don't care whether your church declared a 200-day fast. Once you are going to the office, you have not broken the fast if you got energy to work for the day. We are not doing Buddhism here. This is not Hinduism. Severe discipline of the flesh is not what we are dealing with. That's what I tell Christians. If we, what if my church declared a 100-day fast? It's simple. Start waking up at 4 a.m. Spend the first two hours to do your own fast. Say, we are breaking at 6. You break at 6 a.m. It's not about the food. I hope, I pray Christians will understand. It is that you woke up at 4, which means you go to bed on time. Whether Man City wants to kill Middlesbrough doesn't concern you. They want to play at 10 o'clock. That is what they call a fast. You can't afford to watch that match. That is a fast. Some of these hungry people are watching. They, they won't miss one UEFA Cup match. Nigerian League, they will watch. 
Brazilian league, they will watch. And they tell me they are fasting. Come on, stop insulting my intelligence. You're not fasting. You're plain. You're hungry. You're a Hindu. You won't get anything from it in Christianity. Why am I saying so? Because for you to wake up at 4 a.m. and still be effective during the day, you have to get a decent night's sleep. So you hit the bed by 9. As they are doing here, you are hearing commentary. Close your window. Put something in your ear. Go to sleep. 4 a.m. wake up. Sing songs of praise for the first 10 minutes. Chant the sound for the next 10 minutes. Take your Bible and read and pray. By the time you finish by 6 a.m., two hours when everybody is asleep, you have put in a good day's fast. I don't know whether you are getting my point. Then 6 a.m., you start getting ready for the day. 7.15, you're out of the house. You go about your normal business. As you are going up, please eat your breakfast. I will teach you that one. As you are going out, eat your breakfast. The angel came to Elijah, eat for the journey is long. I'm telling you, eat your breakfast for the day's work is hard. You're going to climb up. I mean, you work maybe, you're an assistant in the banking hall. You know how, you know how much work you go do? Those small, small boys and girls, they walk inside that short banking hall, like five kilometers a day. You know now, senior bank officer will call you, hey Jude, come. <laughs> you are there. Go and meet the manager. Tell him to authorize this. Yes, ma. You have gone. Manager will say, tell, tell him he didn't add this one. Yes, sir. You go to, <laughs> listen, by the time you finish at the end of the day, you are like a two-year-old child that learned to walk in the last few months. You know the way they can walk about? Those people cover like 15 kilometers. They should be doing marathon for those children. You're walking up and down. You're not telling me you are fast. That's why, <laughs> at the end of the day, you're cool. You're not that same vision. Say, during the fast, I was saying, why won't you see things? <laughs> Why will you not see things? It's not the spirit of God. It's called hypoglycemia. Your brain is shunting. Start playing sins from your childhood. <laughs> Christians, if you want to fast, that's what I'm going to explain to you. Set time aside. Wake up early in the morning. If you don't have to go out by that 7.30, okay, you don't have to wake up by 4 a.m. Wake up a little later. And don't get out till 9. Do you follow my point? What are you doing? You're praying. You are meditating on the word of God. You are declaring the word of God. Listen to me. If you did that five to nine, all of us, ah, you know that one is more powerful now than you carrying your hungry stomach up and down, harassing us. And that's not even where I started from. It's the idea that when in the evening, when you now break, you now kneel down and you start expecting special attention. The Lord will now say, Jude, welcome. Say, thank you, Lord. Why have you come? We have come to pray for health for our family. Say, on what basis? Say, uh uh-huh. What did you say? The Lord said, on what basis? We are sick now. Say, I know you are sick. Why should I answer you? I've been two days. Lord, check it. (laughs) I'm not it. (laughs) The angel will just rush you out of his presence. Next. So before they enjoy you on top of this, your sickness. Because you did not draw to listen. But those who drew close to listen, they say, because himself took our infirmities and our diseases, and by his stripes we have been healed. Because the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is in us who are believers, and is giving life to our mortal bodies. And as they are talking, the Lord is nodding. And they use the decree, thus far and no further. 
And you get up and say, Satan, in the name of Jesus, take your hands off my body and that of my family. Everybody starts recovering that day. I hope you are getting my point. Listen, that's why God answers our prayers, not because you come, because you are hungry. The fast of a believer is for concentration. It's so you can concentrate. He said in Nineveh, they fasted. Are you a sinner like them in Nineveh? I don't know whether you're getting my point. Did somebody promise judgment against you? And then even if they did, what is the answer for believers? First John chapter 1, verse 9. If we shall do what? Confess our sins. The Lord is good. So that is why, you know, I'm trying to emphasize these things. That's why we chant the word of God all the time. We put the word on our lips all the time. And at the beginning of prayer, I wanted to read this, okay, just for uh, people who don't know how we do it so that they can get into it. Anytime I want to pray in kingdom, well, this, is how, this is the chant we start with. This is the de- okay, if you don't like the word chant, it sounds too occultic for you, right? This is the de- declaration we start with. This is a confession. Okay, why I prefer, I don't really want confession is that I want something that we shout out loud. Do you follow my point? Okay, something that we declare into the air, in the air. Uh, Derek Prince uses words like proclamation. Although when he does his proclamations, he always leaves a portion of scripture, okay? But reading from what um, Paul, I believe, in Hebrews said, because he has said, we can boldly say. So sometimes we can take the words that he has given, and then we write our own words based upon that. Do you follow what I'm saying? Okay, so whatever it is, we, we, if you like, call it proclamation, call it confession. Not to, or what, uh, that's why we call it a chant, or whatever it is. This is what we say anytime we want to pray. We call it declaring the righteousness of God. We say we enter into the presence of the Father. Each one, because this is a communal one, but if it's, a single, if it's just you, you say, I enter into the presence of the Father as a renewed child of God. I have not come in the power of the good works which I have done. I have come only because of the grace and mercy which I have in Christ Jesus. I thank the Lord for saving me. I thank the Lord for washing me clean. I have come to Mount Zion to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. I have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. I have come to God, the judge of all. I have come to the spirits of the righteous made perfect. I have come to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks better things than the blood of Abel. I declare in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. That is what we declare when we want to start praying. Like we said the other time, we don't ever come in the power of our good works. Talk that about, I think it was last week or two weeks ago. We make sure that we only come with boldness, which we have acquired because we are blood washed in Christ Jesus. That's all. So we may, I just wanted to, those who may be listening to us to know this declaration. That's how we take one one to pray. All right, the Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. Okay, so let's go on. That's just a kind of... Um, chat in the introduction. Today, what I want to share with us briefly, again, is um, when I said again, because, you know, we keep on repeating these things, and um, we go over them again and again. Peter said that even though you know these things, I will not um, forget to remind you of them. So maybe we should start this by reading from what Peter said. Sorry, James. James chapter 1. I want to say something about double-mindedness. Let me caption what I want to share today. Guard against double 
mindedness. Guard against a double mind. He said from verse 2, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its perfect result, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. But if any one of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But he must ask in faith without any doubting. For the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For that man ought not to expect that he will receive anything from the Lord, being a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. I think that's very powerful. He said that man should not expect that he will receive anything from the Lord. Why? He's double-minded. And therefore he's what? Unstable. I want to just emphasize something to us today. I believe that's what the Spirit wants me to explain. That we have to avoid being double-minded. Now, this double thing comes in different areas. I'll just address a few of them in my teaching, then we'll give thanks at the end. Now, notice what James has said here. If it appears that we are not receiving something from the hand of the Lord, one of the reasons is because of this instability. One of the reasons is because we are double-minded. Now, let me say this, first of all, that God actually answers prayers. I don't know why I'm saying this all the time. Then number two, prayer is very important. Prayer is very important. The other day I was reminded of some areas that I just realized I've not been praying about. So I just immediately started praying about those things. Now, why do I say prayer is very important? And listen, the ministry of praying, okay, we must never neglect it. Both as a body, you understand, and as individuals. And then there are people that God literally gave a special commission to give themselves more to prayer, especially intercessory prayer, than other people. Now, we read our Bible. We heard of a woman like Hannah. Or, no, Anna, right? Yes, Anna. Anna, who prayed, we don't know for how long. Since she was a young woman, she became a widow. We don't know exactly when she became a widow because sometimes you get conflicting rendering in different ways. But one thing is sure. She was a widow for a long time, and she gave herself constantly to praying. You know, the other day, God rearranged my life. <laughs> I can't start talking about it now. But maybe later, when I just you, you can ask me what I'm talking about. But it's so funny that for a moment, I felt lazy. I don't know what I get my point. I didn't feel lazy. I didn't feel lazy. I didn't feel like lazy. But I just look at you know, the surface. I just began to understand something I've taught before about the priestly corner of life. That if you're not careful, priestly things look as if the people are jobless. That's why some people will actually open their... Ass- okay, banky. Be nice. They will open their ignorant mouth and say, pastors, you go and find work. If you say that, let me tell you something, you may not realize it. You lack respect for the work of God. And you lack respect for the word of God thereby. You have never said to your doctor to go and find work. You have never said to your school, the, the, the teacher in your children's school to go and find work. You have never said to the policeman, have you noticed that our policemen in Nigeria, they stand most of the time doing nothing. Now, that, I don't mean that's an insult, but that's just the way the job is. But they have to be on the alert. When you get to serious checkpoints, sometimes 
both military and mobile police checkpoints. It should be rain, rains will soon start. Just go and check it. Sometimes you wonder, officer, go and stay under a, you know, a covered area now. Why this? No, you see them stand inside that rain on that road. And you're wondering, what are you doing there? And you've been seeing them stand on that road every day for the last one year. And they have not fired one shot at anybody or at anything. But their presence there is commanded by the authorities and is having effect one way or the other. You've not told them, go and find work so you can eat. Eat, you know, work in your spare time. Must, 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 must government pay you? But when, you come, when it comes to ministers, say, why does not go and find work? If the minister decides to go and do something, it's his problem. Are you getting my point? But you should never, never look at the job like that. Show respect for goodness sake. And I give herself to prayer. That prayer, if it was not important, the Lord would not have kept it there. Even though he was the one that wanted to bring forth an only begotten son. Part of bringing him forth was to arrange people that will pray him into the earth. The journey between the heavens and the earth is treacherous. Go and ask the angel they sent to, <laughs> to Daniel. You know it's a treacherous journey. God had to arrange people who were in prayer because he didn't want Mary to miscarry. If I tell you this, it surprise you. Negative words can make you miscarry. You'll be in an atmosphere where people say, what are you doing, self? They talk, by the time you finish talking, you start bleeding. There's a reason why, um, what's her name? No, the mother of John the Baptist. Elizabeth, he didn't say anything to anybody. Zachariah was going to make her miscarry. They shut his mouth. If you, if you understand scriptures well, I've studied that before. I said, this man, if they didn't close that mouth, this woman would have miscarried. She would have miscarried. So God looked at the angel. Angel looked at heaven, got a signal. Zip the guy's mouth. Won't say a word until the child is born. There are times. No, I'm telling you. Oh God. Go and listen to us the war against unbelief. The fight against unbelief. Unbelief is something you fight in yourself. You fight around you. There are people that stir up unbelief. You don't talk to them. Cutting people out of your life is a, re- it's a necessary skill you must learn. There are those... You hear Jesus, you call, you're still in that country. How are you surviving? I'm not talking to you again. If you have prayed for my survival, why didn't you send me $300? The only thing you can do is to remove my face. You wake up every day, tell me everything my governor, my, my, my president is doing wrong. You forgot that your own president, your own uh, head of state, impregnated a woman after a child lock. The woman don't, but they never marry. That's the example you are giving to your children. That one doesn't worry you. Because you really don't believe. What I found out this is a lot of Christians don't believe. They don't believe. Spiritual values don't matter to them. As long as the road is good. They will tell me, well, what's Buhari doing? Your own prime minister impregnated a woman. He's not married to her. And that's like his third wife. The third woman. You know, the one you now have is not your wife. You know, like, like Jesus said. <laughs> no, but he doesn't bother believers. When you hear that Nigerian classrooms don't have a window, you say, look at what is going on. Your teacher is a homosexual and has a husband. A man with a husband. That is the person teaching your children in school. It doesn't bother you. The one you see in Nigerian schools, they don't have a window. You, you, you get panic attack. 
How you coping? How you people coping? I should ask you, how are you coping? All of you are going to hell. Why are you coping? How are you coping? Because coping is hard. To, yesterday I had a chat with my classmates. One guy from UK. We're talk, somebody said that, uh, are you homophobic? I said, I jumped. I said, stop dropping every. I have a right to disagree with you on your, lifestyle, on your lifestyle. I don't believe a man should marry a man. I think it's an abomination. I have a right to my opinion. You shouldn't call me homophobic. People now say, no, hate the, uh, hate the, uh, the lifestyle, love the people. My friend now said something. He said, unfortunately, those of us in the Western world, they have made it impossible to do that. That you cannot say anything against anything, you'll be labeled homophobic. And he said, said, listen, oh, it's a pity, I didn't know I wanted to quote it. He said, right now, the only people that are not homophobic are those who celebrate homosexuality. Once you refuse to celebrate it, you're homophobic. Ask him, how is he coping? Don't ask me how I'm coping because my road is bad. Don't ask me how I'm coping because power fails. But you know the truth? Christians don't believe. This earth is all they think about. This earth is beginning and the end. So if you can't chop as much of this earth as possible, there is a problem. You want to hear the truth? We don't believe. We don't believe the scriptures. If we believe the scriptures, there are countries we will not go to. Lest Lot walks out while we are asleep. I don't know what I... I hope you got what I said. Because said they were eating, they were drinking until the day Lot left the city. But we don't believe. We gladly depart from where we can worship and praise God. Where our children can mention the name of Jesus anywhere. Where the school starts with prayer to God through his son Jesus Christ. And closed with thanksgiving to God and his son Jesus Christ. And we draw them and say, if you get to that school, they have computers. You can go anywhere you like, but stop talking like an unbeliever. Why don't you value spiritual things more than earthly things? Why can't you? I pray I will see believers that actually value spiritual things. But we hardly value spiritual things. There's your friends who's parking and going to another country. Sit you down and give you spiritual reasons. They can't. And let me tell you something about Christianity. Christianity is not is supposed to be a joke. People lay down their lives for Christ Jesus. One of the reasons why I can't complain is I tell myself I am too comfortable to complain. That's why I don't grumble. He said, my power fails. I said, what about um, Pa Elton that came from a developed society to where they had never seen electricity, apart from the major cities? I saw a picture of him cooking behind our earthen stoves. What about him? Do you think he came with Vono bed? What about him? What about him? That drove himself all over this country, teaching young men and congregations the gospel of God. Until people like Padeboya and Kose Oga, you are too old to drive. I think they now got him a driver. What about him? Ravi Zacharias in his days, I remember one story he told of a man who, when communists, I think, was he, was he, um, there's one of these, is this South American countries that starts with C, the name, no, it's not Colombia, eh? No, not Chile, not Cuba. I'm, I'm trying to remember. No, it's not, no, it's, um, it's, it's not uh, South America. Um, this um, Malaysia, that group, 
Indonesia, you know, those um, South, Southeast Asia, <laughs> Cambodia, Cambodia, Southeast Asia, I wanted to say, Cambodia, when communists began to take over the country, Americans began to evacuate their people. This guy, Che, had walked, the missionaries knew him, so the missionaries were leaving, and they got him a space on the helicopter to evacuate his family. They knew he would be a target. It's like communists coming to Enugu. Are you getting my point? They know they are going for the pastors. That's the way they used to behave. She gathered his wife, his children, gave them to the Americans. They told him, come on the helicopter. He said no. Ah, that is, your wife is going, your children are going. What about you? He refused to climb the helicopter. He said, I need to preach, to the, to the, I need to preach the gospel to the communists. He said, peradventure, one of them will get saved. One hour later, they had drowned him. They got him and drowned him. Whether somebody got saved, I don't know. But that was their own kind of commitment. I think about the size of bed I sleep on. The size of my compound. My ability to get around. Then I'll be grumbling. Just because God says, stay in Enugu and preach. I mean, in an air-conditioned hall. <laughs> With expensive cameras looking at me. <laughs> Streaming me live. And I don't have to do anything. I just throw to my office. Time to preach. They give me my microphone. I attach it to my chest. Somebody has made somebody made sure this pastor power is always there. Computers are on. They just, I just, just hand me my mic. That's the only thing they do. I put it to my chest and walk up. And God says, do that five times a week. I say it's hard work. The road outside is not good. Don't you think that is madness? I told the story of uh, Sadhu Savaraj who would trek barefoot to go and preach on the Himalayas, to be going from one Tibetan village to another, preaching the gospel. The man who lives like he said, you know, the man he meant, he fashioned his life after apparently, that is uh, Sadhu Sundar Singh, that one, they would throw him into a, a dungeon, lock him up there to die. Then God will send his angels to release him, bring him out. The next day they see him preaching again, they say, ah. they get there, they see the dungeon the, the, like a well. They say, padlock is still intact. How did you come out? But know the truth. We don't believe anything. Our God is a, an ice cream God. Yeah. Supply my needs. I give you a tithe. I worship you in return. should be grateful. All our worship is so that he can protect. Say, you know, if you pay a tithe, the devourer, say, hey, devourer, you pay him. Everything is for preservation of the flesh. Everything, when we worship, it's so we can preserve our flesh. When we praise for the preservation of our flesh, if we, if we, if we give, it's so that he can multiply, so that we can enjoy this earth. That's all we care about. That is a major problem. That is a major problem. We're not, re- we not ready to resist anything to the shedding of blood. God said, don't tempt him more. Because you know, say this one, you can't resist nothing. Apostle, how did I get there? Yes, I'm talking about double-mindedness. <laughs> oh, I can't even know how I got to that point. But anyway, I know what, what I wanted to say. See, our God actually answers prayers. He does. One reason he taught us to pray. Okay, yes, I was talking about that. That prayer is very important. It's because, and one reason why he said we should pray is because prayer is important. And I saw it. Jesus said, pray. No, um, he said, told them a parable to this end. 
that men ought always to pray and not to get tired and not to give up. Paul, picking up from there, said, pray without ceasing. Let me just say something to you. Have you seen how satanic it is, therefore, for somebody to see that we have prayed enough? It's Satan. The other day, you know, I told you I have a class chat group, which some people are Christians. Some are backsliding Christians. One brother sent something. I think he lived in Canada, United States. I don't know which country. I, when, he was talk, when I was reading his chat, what I still remember was the day when a prayer meeting together. He was in uh, CU. I was in charismatic. But because we were classmates, we had Christian groups. And we were, the prayer, as I still remember his face with his glasses, walking up and down, speaking some kind of strange tongues, which is normal. Every tongue is, every tongue is strange. I remember. But that was decades ago. October this year, to be 30 years that we graduated from school. 1991. I'm sorry when I say backsliding Christians. You know what I'm saying? So, he forwarded something. It's not new. It's just one of those. That's why I got irritated. Somebody wrote that the problem is that we like to pray. We will not get up and do something. I answered him. I said, where did you see Nigerians ever praying and refusing to walk? I said, where? Where? You know, there are things they just, people just cast as if it's normal. I said, where? I said, I pray. And I listed for him things that I do and things that we do through Christi- Kingdom World Ministries. I said, what nonsense, I, what nonsense is this author telling me? At, at the end of the day, when I finished it, I said, and I, I told him, I said, I'm surprised you, a Christian, the one forwarding this. I said, we womanize more than we pray. Am I lying? We drink Star, more than we pray. Am I lying? We gossip more than we pray. As a country. I'm not talking about you boys. Oh God, don't worry. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about us. I said, I said, I said, for you to understand the strategy of Satan, how come you or these authors have never said the problem with Nigeria is this, we party more than we pray, walk. Do you, I hope you know we party more than we pray. How long is our prayer meeting? How long? Wedding. Once we start by nine. Three o'clock, bride is still dancing. And if bride can still dance, party is not over. If he's here, like. <laughs> ah, when grandpa can't die, for a life well lived. <laughs> How many days do we spend killing cow? Especially when the boys, the children don't chop. Oh, you should go for a funeral where all the children have eaten. Each son, each daughter comes with their own cow. And those cows must be sacrificed. And we're not doing, this is not whole burnt offering, it's whole eating offering. Why has nobody said the problem with Nigeria is that we party, we don't walk? But they will open their mouth and say the problem is that we pray. Can you see satanic deception? Because as a matter of fact, our iniquities are more than our prayers. As a country, totally. As a matter of fact, our reveling and playing and, ah, I don't know about now, but when Amar Brewers was built, I think it was the second or the world's largest brewery. 
And that's the second largest or the world's largest. Do you know how my brew is? Nigeria brew is nightmare. When they built that in there. Why did they build it? Boys, they booze. We can drink. You know, I used to call the place refinery by mystic. I, I couldn't call it brewery. Where they refine beer. <laughs> oh boy, all those bottles, none of them is missing. Every bottle that leaves that place, somebody will uncap it, decant it, and consume it. And nobody has told me that's why Nigeria is not developing. No, I, I don't know about now. You can go and Google it up. But that time it was either the world's largest. You know, when we want to do things, we can do them big. You know this Bitcoin nonsense? I found that we are the second largest market in the world. That when it comes to trading. That's why federal government said, hey, before they cause Wahala, shut them down. Ah, when we want to do our things? <laughs> when bro, when bro Aliko, <laughs> Alaji, when Alaji said Alaji wanted to, wanted to build his own refinery, the world's largest single train refinery. I'm trying Nigerians. I won't build brewery. We'll say, where's the light? We shall come and match that one. You know why? Boys, they drink. And nobody has told me that's why, that's why we're not prospering. Let me summarize like this. It's Satan. It's Satan. Somebody say Satan. Satan. It's an attack of Satan to remove the most potent weapon we have against all the problems in the society. When you think of a man like our head of state, Muhammad Buhari, please, I'm begging you in the name of Jesus Christ. Don't be angry with him. Feel sorry for him. If he could stop banditry, he would have stopped it. He doesn't know what to do. You know what I'm going to say? It's beyond him. You can sit down in your comfortable, you know, Enugu people are the most, <laughs> they are the, look, no insult meant eh? but anybody who lives in Enugu is the most at peace human being in Nigeria. So they don't know what they call trouble. The other day, a bishop was saying that, ah, burglary has started in Enugu again. When I told that Pastor Courage, he said, burglary. Burglary. <laughs> you don't understand. His own burglary. He operates between Sokoto and Meduguri. They have not had light for a long time. Because Boko Haram blew up the Nepal installations. Then they came to repair it. They waylaid the soldiers and killed everybody. He said, you are telling me, you people are praying about burglary. I don't know whether you are getting my point. You look like burglary. When he starts counting for you, this pastor was kidnapped. His family paid 15 million naira only to get his cops back. He's looking at us, burglary. When he analyzes for you, what did he see? He said, how many people can fly? The roads are so dangerous up north. So I told him that we are saying burglary has come out. He said, burglary. I don't know whether you get my point. That is why you sit down there. Are you talking nonsense? You never see trouble. You say, well, I prayed enough. Why won't you say so? Because one bingo can keep your house safe. Once you see a dog, whoo, whoo, all the thieves are going away. <laughs> no. no. See, if you talk to people who live in northern Nigeria, eh? He told me one story, I won't repeat now because we're on air. He said he didn't make the newspapers. He said that one. When he described it, he said he didn't hear the papers. Most of the things that happened, he doesn't get to the papers. 
That's why we sit down. Talking nonsense. Instead of you to get on your knees and pray for the people. Instead of you getting on your knees and praying for the Nigerian army. Instead of you praying for wisdom to come from afar. Instead of you praying that the spirit, that the, that the headsmen, the bandits will hear a rumor and run. You think it's every time God uses human beings to dispel things? Ask 186,000 Assyrian soldiers how many angels came against them. You think that angel has gone on leave? That's why Jesus said men ought always to pray and not get tired. When Satan sees that we are praying, he's now starts sending people who have run away from the country or people who are in the country who don't have sense in their heads to start telling you the reason why you have problems that you are praying. Meanwhile, there are more people fornicating and committing adultery every day than there are those who are in church. He has not blamed them. When they should be blamed, it tells you that you are the ones because you are praying. Meanwhile, that's the only weapon you have. It's the only weapon you have. If you know the details about governance, you will feel sorry for those especially who are in federal government. When you put down the needs and see all the money the country can come up with, they know there's no way forward. What is the only way out? Prayer. Then somebody will tell you, you have prayed enough. It is time to get up as if we were sleeping before. Let me ban you today on behalf of the Lord Jesus Christ. That statement must never cross your nose. I'm not talking about your mouth. If he enters your mouth by chance, may you lose your teeth. That statement, if it comes to your ears, revolt. Revolt against it. When you say we are praying, don't say, hey, please don't say that. We are speaking against the Lord Jesus. Jesus said men ought always to pray and not get tired of praying. Paul said pray without ceasing. We have not prayed enough. We will pray until the last breath comes out of our nostrils. We have not prayed enough. We will continue to pray for this nation, this state, this city, wherever God has placed us until the end. Prayer is measured. Prayer is measured. Prayer is measured. There are things that only your grandchildren will enjoy, but the prayer is being piled up from today. That's why you can't afford to be discouraged. You are praying for something, you are not seeing the results, keep on praying. Because the next generation that we see the results will depend on what you said today. Prayer is measured. They are checking it. The level is piled up. It will reach a place. He said, when the clouds are full, they pour forth the rain upon the earth. I was saying to you earlier, that's why I digress into something. There are people that God say, hey, wait, 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 wait. You don't have, I've not given you to too much work. In this area. I'm not giving you too much work in that area. I want you more than the average Christian to spend your time praying. And you will pray for things that will not happen in your lifetime. You think Anna was the first to pray for Jesus Christ? No. You think Simeon was the first? No. There are people who prayed before them and died in hope. I can give you a few of them. Number one, Abraham. David. Abraham rejoiced to see his day. There are people who saw that day ahead. They rejoiced. They gave the Lord thanks. It was being piled up. Then one day God called one man. Simeon, let me tell you something. You, unlike Abraham. You, unlike David. 
You, unlike this prophet, mentioned a number of people, some of his friends, unlike Samuel, you will not die until you see that Savior that I'm sending. Simeon said, eh, okay. He was very happy. He began to pray at the age of 72, thinking that if I'm 72 and I'm going to see the Savior, maybe he will come within the next 15 years. And so Bro prayed till he was 200 years old. <laughs> Please don't quote the, the exact age, I don't know. But for whatever time he prayed, Till the Savior finally came, it was in two years. How do I know? Say, Pastor Banky, you did there. Uh-uh. <laughs> you know, say, I get the Spirit of God. And they take me to preach this thing. By the time you say, Ha, ah, now your servant can depart in peace. <laughs> Bro, you've been there for a long time. <laughs> By the time you say that kind of thing, that is, your mates are all dead. Your children and their mates. <laughs> And somebody say, Brother Simeon, what I see doing here? They said I will not depart until I see one boy. <laughs> the day he saw Jesus Christ, ha, ah, ah, his rejoicing was not over. Ah, the world will be saved. It's I will depart. Make her go rest. This wicked world. You know, people like that, sometimes they have seen visions of heaven. So every day they spend on the earth eh, is torment. You, ah, this man, he, he was living under the oppression of the Romans. Habba! He come, Lord, can we go? He said, no, the boy has not been born. Oh, well. So what do I do? Pray. Such people, eh? You know why God did it like that? The prayer go hot. Go they wind them. When they say, read Psalm 23. He won't be, you know, they say, strike. You know, remember that king? He struck three times. When he tell Simeon, strike. He gets a striking machine. <laughs> he will continue striking because, oh boy, I'm one fifty years old. My, the only, I don't have mates, nobody to even talk about, to talk with. He will pray, Kaba, hey God, the Messiah shall come in the come, Lord Jesus. No, he didn't know Lord Jesus. Come quickly, come quickly, save us now, Hosanna, whatever it is. The man will chant it because that's how they knew to pray, to chant the Psalms, to chant the scriptures. He will chant it five, seven times a day. He's there chanting. And he's urgent about it. Why? If that Savior does not come, he is not going anywhere. I hope you are following my point. Let nobody lie to you. We have not prayed enough. If prayer was not crucial, the Lord wouldn't have told us what he said. He said, pray without stopping. Men ought always to pray and not to get tired. You know, I said I was going to say, what was, I said I was going to preach on something. What was it? Double-mindedness. As you can see, the time has gone to preach on double-mindedness. So thou shalt forgive me for not saying to you what I wanted to say about double-mindedness. But thou shalt arise right now. Everybody. I want us to pray this evening. First of all, let's start with giving the Lord thanks. Thank him because, like Simeon, you have been chosen. I feel like telling you that. Say, like Simeon have been chosen. To pray for the purpose of God to be fulfilled on the earth. It's a privilege. It's a privilege. It's a privilege. I want you to thank God from the bottom of your heart. I want to thank you for a number of things. For knowledge. For understanding. For knowledge. For understanding. That he has chosen you. To be able to approach unto him. Give thanks to, for that too. There are those that could not approach the friends of Job had to go to Job to pray for them. 
Abimelech had to go to Abraham to pray for him. But you, you can approach onto the throne of grace by yourself. Give the Lord thanks for that. I want to spend the next one or two minutes giving thanks for the shed blood of Jesus that washed away your sins and the knowledge of that that he has given to you. Because without that shed blood and that knowledge, you cannot be standing here this evening praying to, the, to God the Father. He's too holy. He's too righteous. He's too pure. But why can you approach? Because of the shed blood of Jesus. Thank him. I want you to thank God from the bottom of your heart. Because your sins have been forgiven. Because you have been declared righteous in Christ Jesus. Because his blood was shed to cleanse you. Because his blood was shed to cleanse you. Now are you a saint of God. Now are we children of God, John said. Thank God. And that gives us a privilege. We can come with boldness to the throne of grace. And obtain favor. And obtain help. And obtain grace. In the time of need. I want to spend one more minute giving thanks. It is important because sometimes we don't appreciate this. Because we have been believers for a long time, many of us. We just think it's a small thing. With all the mouth, sweet mouth, Job's friends had. They had to approach Job to pray for them. That's what God instructed them. Go to my servant Job. He will pray for you. Abimelech had to go to Abraham. Israel would travel far to come to the temple. But right now, the presence of God dwells wherever you are. Thank the Lord for that. Say, Lord, I thank you. Lord, I worship you. Lord, I thank you. Wherever you are joining us from, I want to join this prayer. Join this prayer. Don't just watch us. We're not entertaining you. Join with gratitude. Join because you're not a slave anymore. Give God thanks for that. All of us give God thanks. That my bondage has been broken. I want us to thank God, first of all, for what he has done for us in Christ. You know, as I was driving down here today, I was thinking about it, about this prayer thing. People say that, you know, a Yubo man does not pray. And yet, look at what has happened. I felt like saying, you are not a Yubo man. No. <laughs> you are not a Yubo man. You are a Hittite. You are a Perizzite. You are a Jebusite. These are people that God wiped away. And you are still here. Better be thanking God. Because your prayer works. But I'll be thanking God. <laughs> because his mercy upon you is showing. But I'll be thanking God for the gospel. Oh, we don't have time, time to teach about these things. There are people that God wiped away and erased the memory of them. There is no book about them. And let me say to you, most of us, I can say that for sure, especially in Africa, we belonged in that category. But the gospel came, and the Lord said, not anymore. Thank him for that. Let nobody lie to you. The Japanese does not pray. I don't know why he doesn't pray, and his country still developed with all the earthquakes. I don't know. He said, Europeans don't pray. Listen, I, I have understanding, but I will not talk about it now. I don't have time. Just forget them. Remember your own life. Remember your amorightness. Remember where you came from. I'm saying you should have been destroyed. Your ancestors should have been wiped out. You should not have had grandchildren. You should not even exist. But that the Lord had mercy. But that the gospel came into the land. And that the gospel came and began to purify the land. That the gospel came and began to dispel darkness. But that the gospel came 
and began to push back the curse. Begin to give a lot of thanks. That the curse of Noah in your life, in your family, in your generations have been broken in Christ Jesus. You are not a slave. You are not a slave anymore. You are a blessing to this land. You are a blessing to this land. You are a blessing to this land. No matter how small you appear today, I give you the word of God. Your latter end shall greatly increase. In the name of Jesus. Give God thanks for that. No matter how small you appear to yourself, I say to you today, you know, God said to Saul, and he said the same to David. To Saul, he said, were you not small in your own eyes? Yet I made you king. Everyone listening to me today and participating in this prayer with thanksgiving, I say to you, your beginning may be small, but your latter end will greatly increase. God will make you a king in a particular area. In the name of Jesus Christ. And I want to give thanks. Give thanks for that. Because slavery is not your portion. Slavery is not your portion. Slavery is not your portion. And that's because of Jesus. I want us to pray a few prayers. First of all, this is very important. You know, the only solution to the problem of... Okay, you know what? Let's talk about Nigeria for a moment. And please, if you are listening to this, you are not from Nigeria. You are not from, um, at least from this area. But this principle applies everywhere. What I'm about to explain. This principle applies everywhere. Two things I'm going to say. Number one, the gospel is the answer. He said, what is the question? Doesn't matter. The gospel of Jesus is the answer. Number two, the only carrier of that gospel is called the church. That church is also the salt of every nation where God has kept it. Derek Prince said, in any nation where the church is established, God holds the church responsible for whatever happens in that country, in that nation. So let's put it like this. Headsmen attack is the, church, is the church's fault. Banditry is whose fault? Corruption in government is whose fault? Listen, either because of their actions or their inactions. That is a matter of fact. First of all, you know, Jesus, Jesus said something. If I said that, first of all, he said, if the, he said the, light, the eye is the light of the body. He said, if the light, if the light that's supposed to be in your body is darkness, he said, how great is that darkness? The church is the light of the nation. Jesus said that clearly, right? If the church is emitting darkness, how great is the darkness in that nation? Please, remember we said we can't pray enough. Let us pray as if we have not prayed before. Say, Lord, purify the church in Nigeria. Whatever country you are in, pray like that for the church. Say, purify it. Cancel lies. Uproot pulpits. Guard thy sword upon thy thigh, almighty one. Ride on prosperously in majesty because of truth. Let your right arm, Lord, do awesome things. Say, Lord, purify the church. With the washing of water by the word. Say, Lord, every pulpit. I'm starting from the negative side. Every pulpit where lies are being emitted into the church, shut them down. Those who preach doctrines that are wrong, shut them down. Especially when they deliberately continue in their evil ways. Say, Lord, shut them down. 
We have prayed this prayer before we will pray it again. It's the word of God. Say, Jesus, take your whip again. Come into the temple and drive out the money changers. Oh, that's a type for us. Let's say to him, Lord, take your whip again and drive out the money changers. You know, he said something to Jeremiah. <laughs> when Jeremiah was complaining, I cannot speak, I cannot do this. He said, listen, I put my words in your mouth. Everywhere I send you to go, you go there. He says, see, I have appointed you this day over the nations and over the kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow. I want us to pray that every place where lies is entering the church, it will be plucked up. It will be broken down. All those who are shouting the name of Jesus who are not true believers, ask God to close them down. There are so many prophets using familiar spirits. If they shout the name of Batala, God can leave them alone. But if they mention the name of Jesus and they are false, we approve them now in the name of Jesus. Say, so whatever the Father has not planted concerning the church in Nigeria, let it be uprooted. Pray to the Lord that division should be uprooted from the true body of Christ. That envy and jealousy among denominations should be uprooted. That is the problem. Oh. Now the Lord is hearing that prayer. But I want to now add another one to you. He said to Jeremiah, I've appointed you to build and to plant. So let's go to the positive side. Pray like this. Lord, send us pastors after your heart who will feed the church with knowledge and with true understanding. Pray that prayer. Pray in, this, pray in tongues, pray in your understanding, whatever it is, pray that prayer. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, release them. Thrust them into the harvest field. Lord, this harvest is plentiful. What are we praying about? So that the church will be pure and full of light. That's why we're starting from here. That the church will be pure and full of light. Pray that the Lord will send us ministers who will feed us with true knowledge. Who will feed us with understanding of God. Let's ask that anyone like that with such a heart, God will give them a platform. God will open doors for them. God will supply all their needs. God will take away their worries. In Jesus' name. Please listen to me for a moment. Paul says something. Say, a great and effectual door has been opened unto me. He said, but there are what? Many adversaries. There's a prayer I want us to pray. Because God answers prayers. Paul will say, pray for us. That we'll be delivered from, you know, evil people. I want us to pray this prayer. Just listen to it. There are young men and young women. Christians now I'm talking about. Who are called of God. And they have understanding. And they have insight. They are the fulfillment, because each person is a fulfillment to a demand from the souls of men. They are the fulfillment to these things that we are saying. Send us pastors after your heart. Sometimes when I travel, I look around, I just wish that, what if there is a pastor in this village who is teaching the truth? Another one in this place who is teaching. Truth will just arise and cover the land. I hope you are getting my point. But there are many adversaries. These people are there, there are plenty. What are the adversaries? There are many. Let me explain. 
Sometimes fear. Sometimes hunger. I hope you're getting my point. Let, I want us to pray one simple prayer. Say, Lord, whatever be the adversary that's standing against these people that you have prepared, uproot those adversaries in the name of Jesus. I don't know how you're going to pray it. Just pray it. That Lord supply their needs. That's a very important prayer. Let them lack nothing. As they arise and as they go, let them lack nothing. Sometimes it's just boldness. Say, Lord, pour into them the spirit of boldness. Sometimes there's nothing, there's no problem. I like the way Peter prayed it after adversaries rose up against them. They said, Lord, grant us boldness. So pray for them that Lord will give them boldness. Say, Lord, send that spirit of boldness from heaven to fill the hearts of these ministers of yours. Let them experience it, that they will lack nothing. Let them experience it, that they will lack nothing. Jesus said, when I sent you out without pause or script, did you lack anything? Say, Lord, let them go out with boldness. Ask the Lord, support that ministry with signs and wonders. Say to the Lord, support that ministry with signs and wonders. When they are teaching the Bible, let demons run away. Release a fresh anointing upon the church so that we will shine the light, the light of Christ indeed. Say, Lord, release a fresh anointing upon that church that we will shine the light of Christ indeed. I want us to pray on that prayer. Say, Lord, pour the spirit of apostleship. What do I mean by that? That spirit that wants to share the gospel upon us individually and as a church. Do you get my point? That each one of us, I've had that experience before. You just want to preach. The thing is pressing you. Pressing you. You just want to tell the truth to somebody. You want to tell somebody about Jesus Christ. Individually. And as a church, so that churches will start organizing real crusades. Not church growth. You know, there are a lot of our crusades are church growth crusades. God is not there. They are just doing the progress so church can grow in number. No, that's not the will of God. But the ones that would just want the lost to hear the gospel. We want even the Christians that are cold or lukewarm to bite fire and return to serving the Lord Jesus. The kind of crusades and programs that are engineered just for one purpose. To populate the kingdom of God with fire-breathing people. Pray that prayer for a minute. Say, Lord, the spirit of apostleship. Pour upon your church again. That spirit that wants to preach the gospel, that's obeying the word of the Lord Jesus, go into all the world, not sit down around your cathedral. That is the word of God. Quote that scripture as you are praying. That thus says the Lord, go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's the basis of we are praying that prayer. This is the word of the Lord to us. We are to go into all the world. And we are preaching the gospel to every creature. We will baptize many. They will believe in the name of Jesus. Say, Lord, as we go, let the signs follow us. Let the signs of apostleship follow us. 
Let us lay our hands on the sick and they will recover. Let the healing power feed those crusades, feed our personal interactions. In your name we will cast out demons, declare it. In the name of Jesus we will cast out demons. We will speak in new tongues. This is not prayer tongue now, but we will go to a place we don't know their language. You will tell the interpreter, stop, I have something to say. You will speak fluently. That's speaking in new tongues. Say, Lord, do it. Do it. That is the desire of our hearts in this season. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. One last prayer point before we close today. Let's pray for... He said, listen, you know the way he said, I'm going to send him to a country as exiles. We are citizens of which country? Heaven. Somebody say it. So uh, technically, you are an exile in Nigeria. You are an exile in Botswana. You are an exile in the United States. Whatever country you are in, because you are really a citizen of where? Heaven. So that's how we apply that scripture. Somebody said, I was talking to Israel. Hey, get the principle. Wherever I place you, you must be a blessing there. He says, seek the good of that land. I have done something. I have tied your prosperity to his prosperity. See all of you wearing masks now. Are you a masquerade? Is it not because of the pandemic in the land that the government said once we gather, we must wear masks? Even though some of you are disobedient, it's on your chin. You're supposed to be, at least cover your mouth, I don't know, whatever. It's well with you. Nobody will catch, you will not catch coronavirus here and you will not spread it in Jesus' name. But the point I'm making is that the law affects you. Last year when they said lockdown, <laughs> Nobody will discover live streaming. Mm-hmm. I mean, can you imagine? Where is the elder Jonathan? Even Israel had to tell Jonathan, Jonathan, you can't come for Bible study. Can you imagine the whole Jonathan? Apostle Jonathan, founding member. It was lockdown. That's what God was saying. When he said that in his, in his prosperity, you will prosper. The word there is peace. Shalom. I hope you are getting my point. God just did it because if he doesn't do it like that, you won't pray. Say, so leave them. So when they locked everywhere, then even churches were locked down. So let us pray for this country that he has planted us. First of all, give thanks for the leadership. I want to mention the name Muhammad Buhari and say, Lord, I thank you for him. I do that because it's the word of God. Say, Lord, I know you are the governor among the nations. So you have appointed leaders. Let's thank God for him. Now, because we don't have time, just thank God for everybody else around him. Lord, I thank you for his ministers. I thank you for the House of Assembly, that is the National Assembly. I thank you for the governor of my state. In Enugu, here we are. We thank God for our state governor. Let's just give the Lord thanks. They ask the Lord, say, Lord, give them wisdom to know what to do. There's so much calamity here and there. Lord, give them wisdom to do your will. What is the aim of the prayer? It says, so that we may live a quiet and peaceable life. Let us say to the right now, many people are not living quiet lives. The lives are not peaceable. Say, Lord, give them wisdom. Cause them to do your will. Listen, once they step into that office, they lost control. Say, Lord, cause them to do that which is right. 
Lead them aright. Send helpers. Send Joseph. Send Daniel into their cabinet. Give him thanks because he has heard that prayer. He's sending economic Daniels with wisdom into their cabinet. Security Josephs, people of wisdom. They are Hitophels that will help David without turning against him. Thank you, Father God. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. As a part, a part of that prayer, I want us also to do something. Quickly open your Bibles to Psalm 46. One of the most potent ways you pray is to lift up the name of God over a situation. God specifically instructed Aaron through Moses on how to invoke the name of God over the, over the nation. He said, you will say to them, the Lord bless thee. You know, you will say to them. He said, when you speak like this, you will invoke the name of God upon them. Then I will turn around and bless them. Invoking God's name. <laughs> if you learn Christianity, you will have no respect for the occult. What do they know? We are the original invoke, invokers. What is the correct English? Invocators or invokers. We can invoke. Let me teach you this. I'm not kidding. Learn to invoke the name of God over a situation. Sometimes we'll get to the place we talk too much. Especially when we say, some of us say, we're going to speak in In Jesus' name, amen. No, no, no. Sometimes just get to a place. Just say, the Lord, mighty in battle. That's all. Just start calling his name. Just calling the name of God. And there's a name he bears in every situation. Sometimes you're not feeling well, just lie down. Or maybe a loved one is not feeling well, surround the bed. And say, he is the Lord that he led thee. You're not praying for the person. You are lifting God's name over that bed. The Lord that he led thee. The Lord, the physician. The Lord, the physician. As you are saying that, you are drawing down the presence of the Lord Jesus over the sick person. If the person will reach out in faith, he or she will get well. I hope you are following me. Quickly, let's read this. The Bible describes the, name of, the names of God. Psalm 46, from verse 8. It said, Come and behold the works of the Lord, who has wrought desolations in the earth. <laughs> I don't have time to explain that. Because many of the things we see, instead of being angry, we should ask God for mercy. It said, He makes what? Now listen to this. So this is the name of God. Is the, and I'm going to just... Because of time, all right? I will say it this way. He is the Lord who makes wars to cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariots with fire. He dismantles the AK-47. Amen. He dismantles the grenades. Amen. You know what he said in verse 10? Cease striving and know that Buhari and Nigeria army, they are not God. I don't know whether you get that. Yes, he says, cease striving and know what? That I am God. I will be exalted amongst the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. He said in verse 11, the Lord of armies, the Lord of heaven's armies is with us. 
The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Now read this scripture in prayer over Nigeria. Father, we are praying over Nigeria. Lift up the name of the Lord from verse 9. You are the Lord. You cause wars to cease. You dismantle the weapons of war. You dismantle and scatter the AK-47s, the side arms, the grenades, the bows and the arrows. You burn the chariots with fire. You burn the motorbikes that, you know, bandits ride on into a village. You burn it with fire. Lord, we recognize you are God. Buhari is not God. You are God. No one else is God. Nigeria Army, Nigeria Air Force, Nigeria Navy, they are not God. You are the only one that causes wars to cease on the earth. Cause our wars to cease in the name of Jesus. You will be exalted amongst the nations. You will be exalted in Nigeria in the name of Jesus. You will be exalted on the earth. The Lord of heaven's armies, be with us. Cause wars to cease. Now we have received his presence. Begin to rebuke bandits in this country. Rebuke them. Say kidnappers, we command you to cease in the name of Jesus. As the people of God, we cause your works to stop. The Lord has granted us peace. We declare peace upon this nation. From the north to the south. From the east to the west. We declare peace upon this nation. Say it, the Lord is exalted. Jesus is exalted. The Lord is exalted. Jesus is exalted. The Lord is exalted. Jesus is exalted. Hallelujah. I wanted to shout hallelujah to his name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say it over Nigeria. Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. Over Nigeria. The Lord of hosts has taken charge. He has caused wars to cease. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. He has dismantled the weapons of war. He has burned the chariots with fire. He has broken the bow. And I have cut the spear in two. Say hallelujah. He is the Lord. The Lord God. He makes wars to cease. Say the head of state can't do it. The Nigerian armed forces, they can't do it. The police cannot do it. it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We exalt the name of the Lord. He is the one that can do it. it. We say, come Lord Jesus. Jesus. Do it. it. You are the Lord of hosts. hosts. Avengers of our adversaries. In the name of Jesus. Jesus. Grant us peace. peace. From the north north to the south. From the east to the west and every corner of this nation. Hallelujah. He is exalted. Hallelujah. He is exalted. Jesus is exalted. Hallelujah. Over Nigeria. He is exalted. Give the Lord thanks in your own way. Just give the Lord thanks. Say, Father, we give you thanks. We worship you. We worship you. You are good. 
we worship you. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I feel like reading that scripture to us again. He said, he makes, he said, come behold the works of the Lord. He makes wars to cease. He breaks bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariots with fire. He dismantles the AK-47s. He dismantles the grenades. He dismantles the motorbike used by people, by bandits. He dismantles the weapons of war. We have ceased striving because only him is God. He said in verse 10, cease striving. Be at peace and know that I am God. Oh God, he will be exalted in this nation. He will be exalted in the earth. He is the Lord of hosts. I said he is the Lord of hosts. And he is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. Amen. Lord, we worship you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give the Lord thanks for answered prayers. Just say, Father, we thank you for answered prayers. That is what we're thanking the Lord for now, for answered prayers. Thank you. Thank you. We're grateful, Lord, for encouraging our hearts again. Lord, we thank you. For encouraging our hearts again, Lord, we thank you. For establishing us in truth again, we thank you. Blessed be God forever. Thank you. Thank you. We bless your name, Lord, forever. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. All right. So let's share the grace. Because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, surely we have passed out of death and we have passed into life. We have passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We have passed out of under the curse into the blessing. All things are passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above the sin and we walk above the devil because we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of the demonstration of spirits and of the power of God in the name of Jesus Christ. Let's take it one more time. This is our season of the demonstration of the spirits and of the power of God in one more time. This is our season of the demonstration of the spirit and of the power of God in the name. Sit to two of your neighbors, one to your left and one to your right. This is just